to Living Out Loud, Storytelling for Social Change, the podcast where we come together as a community to share our stories and consider alternative perspectives on a wide range of topics. By sharing our stories, each and every one of us can help create the world we want to live in. Storytelling has the power to open minds, touch hearts, and inspire empathy and solidarity. It can move us to think and then act. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast are those of the faculty, staff, and student guests of each episode, but do not necessarily represent the views of Merrimack College. Hi, everyone. I'm Michael Sunoff, one of the producers of Living Out Loud, Storytelling for Social Change. Today is September 18th, 2020. Um, On our most recent episode, our COVID episode, uh, was I'm pretty sure recorded in June or July in the beginning months of COVID-19 in the U.S. And now here we are, seven months into this pandemic, uh, at least here in the U.S. And I am here with two recent graduates from Merrimack's class of 2020, Megan Demanchek, who was on the previous episode and kind of told us a little bit about how graduation and the end of her year went. So we're going to hear about uh, what she's doing now. And we also have Dania Davis-Stewart, all of whom are here to share what post-college life is like in the midst of a pandemic and how that has affected their plans and where they see themselves in the future. But before we begin, uh, Megan and Dania, can you kind of introduce yourselves? Tell us a little bit about you. Um, Obviously, you're not currently in school or, you know, in Merrimack anymore, but what was your major? uh, Where are you from? Just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Megan, if you want to go first. Sure. Um, So I'm Megan. Um, I graduated um, this past May. I was a political science and women and gender studies major and I had a minor in social justice. Um, I'm from Hamden, Connecticut. So I'm currently in Connecticut. I'm um, living at home. Um, Currently with my dog, not doing much. But uh, I do miss school. It's, It's really weird for like the first time to like not be learning. You know, you go to school your whole life and now you're not learning all of a sudden and it's very strange I feel like I have assignments to do all the time but I don't so I'm trying to adjust to that you know departure that that life after school mode um but everything's going okay and um Denise oh I'm sorry uh um yes Denia Davis Stewart um better known as sticks to you know some or many um, I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I am class of 2020, so I also too just graduated um, this past May. Um, I'm currently in Romania playing basketball. Um, will continue my professional career. I graduated with um, a major in psychology and a minor in business administration and women's and gender studies. Um, this is the first time in a long time that I'm playing basketball without having to turn in, you know, assignments. So it's a little strange for me as well. It's got to be a little nice, though. It is. It is. <laughs> um, and if you don't mind us uh, asking, uh, why sticks? Where did where did that nickname come from? Okay, so. I used to be called Stretch, but my brother who passed away um, a few years back um, was named Styx. And then I kind of just took on the name as I got into, you know, um, just focusing strictly on, you know, basketball. 
Um, Cause I've always been an overall, you know, all around athlete. So when I got into just, you know, focusing on basketball, I, I guess this nickname just stuck with me. So I kind of took it from my brother and then, you know, keep the, keep the legacy alive in a way. I love that. That's awesome. Oh, and I Thank also you. forgot to introduce, but we have uh, the newest member of our team, Amelia Alger. Um, Amelia, if you want to hop in and say, say hello and introduce yourself, uh, we're trying to get her to be one of the new hosts, new producers, uh, for the women's and gender studies and living out loud podcasts. So yeah, say hi to the people. Hi everyone. Um, I'm Amelia and I'm currently a senior at Merrimack and I am a human development, human services major with a minor in women and gender studies. So all of this stuff is pretty interesting to me. All relevant and all good. So um, uh, back to the questions. We're here in September, moving towards October. Um, Megan, you kind of you talked about that you're you're in this little post graduation limbo. But uh, what what currently are you working on? Where do you where do you find yourself in this post graduation limbo? So. It's been an interesting few months, I would say, in terms of um, looking for jobs. When I was at Merrimack and before the pandemic, you know, kind of took its place in the world, I didn't think it would be too difficult for me to find work in politics or nonprofit just because it's an election year. This is like a really big year. Um, I just thought, you know, I could probably find maybe something local. But now, you know, they're not really looking for too much work because everything is being done online and you can't do too much in-person um, work, you know, as far as campaigns because of the, the pandemic. So I didn't really know what to do for a long time. The place that I work at in Hamden is actually closed and I work at like a retail store. So I was like, oh my God, I don't have a job. What am I going to do? But actually, um, someone I went to high school with, uh, put on their Instagram story that they were looking for canvassers for um, a state rep in Hamden that's running for re-election. And I had always wanted to get my foot in the door with local politics. I want to learn the ropes. I really love my town. I want to talk to constituents and see, you know, what everyone is dealing with, what people think. So I responded and for the last month I've been working as a canvasser and basically as like a field worker for Josh Elliott. He represents my district um, as a state rep. And I really love it. You know, I love, like I said, I love my town, but now like I actually get to talk to people and see, you know, who lives here, what people are dealing with, how people are feeling amidst everything that's going on in the world right now. And Josh is running on some really progressive platforms. He's like the most progressive candidate probably running in, um, running in the town right now. And I like it. So I'm hoping that it'll just, you know, take me somewhere else, you know, when it's all over, it'll be done in November. So there's a lot, you know, happening all at once and it, we're, we're getting closer to it, but I'm really confident and I like it so far. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a def definitely a hot season for that, especially now with this election. So I'm, I'm sure that that is interesting and you're, you're seeing a lot of both sides right now. Yeah, I'm Hamden. Um, is very uh, Democrat, so I'm not getting too much opposition, but it's definitely made me appreciate the work that canvassers do in um, other states. You know, I when you hear about Senate seats flipping or any seat flipping, how much work must go into that because I, I have like such a new, like, you know, 
appreciation for talking to people and how much work they have to do to knock every single house and really get those undecideds to flip or get those independents to flip. So I think that the work that goes into electing someone is so much more than what we, we think it is. Um, and I'm really grateful for it. I, I think the experience will take me far. Absolutely. Uh, Dania, you, you did say that you're playing basketball and you're, you're, you're doing that, but where did you find yourself after this COVID, you know, kind of limbo and graduating in these weird circumstances and just kind of, kind of walk us through like what your experience has been with, with all this. Um, yes. Yeah, so like, you know, everyone, this was, uh, you know, dramatic change that, you know, was so unexpected. Um, uh first of all when you know things kind of took a turn for the worse i was currently still um a part of my you know my final season um basketball season in college and we were supposed to return from our spring break to you know carry out um being invited to a tournament you know an invitational tournament um postseason you know, due to us, you know, making the transition from Division Two to Division One within the first year. But um, like everyone else, I guess it was just like, you know, a waiting game and seeing what would happen next, whether that be from what was going to happen with graduation, would we be able to walk across the stage or would that, what would that look like, you know, um, within like, you know, the future months. But um, I think, with me personally, post-graduation, um, I definitely kind of was saddened by a lot of opportunities that I wasn't able to experience due to, you know, COVID and, and just the, you know, tragedy of this, you know, virus. But I think with so many things being affected by COVID, you know, professional basketball overseas, as well as, you know, the overall sports industry struggle financially, um, and all not knowing, you know, the future role of like this virus would take a lot of programs and industries try to try their best to, you know, make reasonable adjustments, you know, whether that was to continue daily routines with restrictions, pause activities, or just cancel them completely. So it was honestly with me and like, you know, a lot of my other um, friends as well and, you know, past teammates and things like that. We were kind of just, it was kind of like a guessing game and waiting on would, you know, the season still carry out? Would, you know, what would it look like? And um, now I ended up with this offer and I ended up choosing this offer because it was like, you know, like I said, a lot of um, industries and, you know, a lot of programs struggled financially. But with this, um, offer it was a great it was a great uh, um, opportunity for me to you know be able to do something that I love on you know at the highest um, division level across you know overseas and you know still you know benefit um, you know in a great way. No, oh, I really like that. And I don't know. I I, I see a big theme as. I don't know, you guys all had to just kind of make the best of this and kind of adjust to this new normal and this new life. And you all had to graduate in, in you know, I'm doing air quotes here, but graduate in this, in this environment. And 
I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's definitely a, a unique experience and you guys have, have firsthand experienced that. And I don't know, can you guys tell me a little bit about how like you and your friends have, a, have adjusted to this? Like you didn't have a senior year. You're trying to wrap up the senior year. You guys left for uh, spring break, wanting to come back, wanting to finish, finish out, finish out uh, your season, finish out your year. Uh, how did you all just kind of adjust to that and finish your senior year in a way? Um, I'll start. Uh, well, for the first couple of weeks, we were, you know, for the first couple of weeks, um, my friends and I, we definitely tried to, you know, carry out, you know, the likeliness of, you know, okay, well, maybe this, you know, this is, isn't so bad. We didn't really know, like, you know, the depths of, you know, COVID. So we were like, maybe this is going to carry out a couple weeks. So I like almost every week up until we got, you know, fully into summer, I would say we were saying like, okay, so, you know, we'll go back to school. We'll go back to school next week. or We'll go back to school or we may have to go back to school and we may have to, you know, do things a little bit differently and things like that. So in the beginning, we were definitely, you know, keeping hope alive. But as we, you know, started seeing things take a turn for the worse, whether that was with the pandemic or just, you know, the current climate of, you know, involving like the injustice, injustices that are, you know, occurring throughout the world. Um, we started to take a step back and be like, well, this is bigger than what we, you know, I guess anyone could have imagined. And I think in a way we did our best to try to adjust and just try to keep uh, uh you know, a strict and, you know, our daily routines, you know, consistent as possible as if we were in school. Like, I know from just speaking from, you know, my experiences and my friends' experiences, we try to, you know, still wake up early as if it was like a normal day, although we were, you know, being quarantined and, you know, in our houses, we tried, we tried to wake up still carry out, you know, activities, physical activities of doing a workout, indoor, you know, indoor workout. And, um, but instead of looking at the, you know, the negative side of things, I think we, we kind of tested each other on like, okay, this is a perfect time for us to figure out what we want to do next, whether, you know, whether next looks within a couple of months, couple of days, even, you know, the following, you know, years of 2021. So I think it was perfect for us to like, just take a step back and, you know, kind of gain a different perspective on things. And, and it was definitely a benefit, although it came with, you know, you know, adversity, but it was a benefit because it allowed me to, you know, sit back and think about things outside of, you know, college and, and you know basketball and just think about life what I want to do within you know a couple months what I want to do within a year and what I want to do you know so on and so forth so I think it was a great benefit but it definitely we definitely faced a lot of adversity. Megan what about you? So uh, the first few months I would say were challenging and kind of what Sticks was saying that it's you know it we don't I, I felt like I didn't want to say like oh I didn't get a graduation when there are when there's mass suffering going on throughout the entire world. So you know I think my friends and I for the most part have kind of just 
gotten over it. We just said, you know, suck it up. Like you didn't get to graduate, but you know, I got my diploma. I have my cords. Like I was able to take um, my own kind of graduation pictures. I borrowed a cap and gown and just try to make do with what, you know, was available. But every now and then, like, I still have my moments where I feel sad. Like, I just feel kind of sad about it. Like, I'll hear a song that might remind me of school or I'll have, like, a memory of, like, a professor or think about a time that, you know, oh, maybe I should have went to, you know, that event, you know, that I didn't go to. So I have just those moments that maybe I should have done more at college with the time that I had because um, I definitely took it for granted. So just some, you know, reflecting. But for the most part, my friends and I have all kind of just – moved on. Um, you know, I am working now slowly into my new job. I have a friend that is starting nursing school. So she's, um, you know, going right into like the, the mix of it all. I have another friend that is a teacher. So she's dealing with the classroom. Um, so everyone's kind of moving on to the working world and getting on with, you know, their lives and trying to make do with what is available. But for the first few weeks, it was really hard. But mentally, um, I feel like it took such a toll on me. Um, to just try and like adjust with coming home way sooner than I thought I was going to have to come home to like I I kind of wanted to soak up those last few months of college and embrace myself before moving back home but it all happened so quickly but I feel I feel okay you know the world is moving on and you know there are just so many other things happening right now that like I can't dwell in the past because there's no good coming from it. Like we just have to move forward. There's too many things happening in the moment for me to, you know, turn a blind eye to. So just trying to, you know, move forward and, and make the best of what, you know, of what we have around us because, you know, there's nothing that we can do about it now. But it's it's taken, you know, it's taken me a while to like come to that, like that conclusion or come to that, you know, point, you know, with myself because, you know, you want to feel sorry for yourself or you want to feel sad, but the entire world is experiencing this all at once. So, you know, I am no different than anyone else, but um, it, it's just, it's interesting. It's been like a really interesting journey. No, I know it's a, it's a toss up. It's very bittersweet, more bitter than sweet, I think, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unique, it's it's rare, it's something no one expected and no one can really control. So, but but no, you you've made a good point, and let's let's then let's not dwell on it. Let's let's look towards the future. Where is Megan Demanchek in five years? Oh my God, <laughs> I feel that is that I've so you know you shared me the Google Doc last night where that question was on there, and I thought about it all night. <laughs> where will I be? You, you know, set me like, up for it. You set me up. You didn't want to dwell on the past. So let's I know the future. All right. So we'll go right into the future. So I don't know, you know, like when I was in college, I kind of thought I had this eight year plan. Like, where will I be by 30? You know, like, what will I have like done? I kind of had these ideas in mind where, you know, by certain milestones, I'll be at this point and this point and, you know, so on and so forth. But now I just feel like, my plan is out the window. I, I thought I wanted to go to school in DC um, and go to you know grad school there, work in DC, but I kind of want to see the world. I think this has made me realize that life is going by so fast. And if I don't you know take advantage of the time and the opportunities I have right now, like maybe I won't get them back. I know that's kind of bleak, but I'm trying to think, you know, 
about what I can do. So I, I kind of want to go to school or grad school in Europe, maybe like go to London, um, so see the world. So in five years, I'll be 27. Oh my God. Um, I'll be 27. So hopefully I'll have my master's. Maybe I'll be, I, I know, graduated from a school in London or maybe DC. I hope I'm working in a city. I'm hope like I'll be working maybe for like a nonprofit or doing something with progressive politics. Um, I hope I can make a small change in five years. And I hope the country looks a lot different in five years. And maybe I could have had some small part in that change. So yeah, I hope, I hope that's what happens. No, I like that. Dania, what do, what do you think? Where, where is Dania in five years? Honestly, Megan couldn't have said it better. <laughs> um, but um, I think what Megan said, like the big thing is like this year, 2020 has definitely provided everyone with a different outlook on life. But um, as for me, hopefully, you know, still playing the sport that I love and enjoy that has basically got me to this point where I'm able to travel the world, you know, honestly make a profit from it and just be able to experience a different level of life while, you know, still handling business, but, you know, doing it in a fun way. Um, however, I would also like to be on the journey of either becoming a clinical psychologist, whether that is getting my master's or, you know, hopefully getting my PsyD and, you know, just moving in that direction of things because that is my goal, you know, once the, you know, the ball stops bouncing because we, it, it literally stops bouncing one day, whether we like it or not. Um, but with that, um, yeah, um, potentially, you know, becoming a clinical psychologist or just like making a difference, whether that, that be in my own community or, you know, whether it's, you know, globally. Um, I think this year, definitely like, you know, like I said, Megan made a great point is that we were in our final year of, you know, of college and we're like, okay, we're gonna do this, 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 this by the book and we're gonna, you know, carry this out. But, you know, the great thing about life is that it never goes as planned. So um, this year I, with, you know, with things ending how it did, I got into a little bit of, you know, training and, you know, just being like a mentor to many um, young ladies throughout, you know, the Boston area when it comes to, you know, basketball and them just, you know, looking at me as a role model of being someone who's not just, you know, an athlete and someone who's beyond, you know, a sports person or, you know, a female who plays sports, you know, I'm, I'm so much more. So I think, you know, just living life, being able to, you know, still play, you know, play basketball, like I stated, but also be able to do multiple things. I think, with you know 2020 as well is don't just hold yourself and you know be limited to just doing one thing by the book if you can just branch out and you know dip, dibble and dabble into different things no i like that that i think everyone's been given a kind of a new perspective with covid and everyone's just just going after it and doing what they want to do and not letting it stop them so i really like that and uh, Dania, you, you studied psychology, correct? Correct. Um, do you mind chiming in a little bit? And I mean, with COVID and, and the need for mental health services, um, 
how do you think the pandemic has impacted your industry? Do you think there is this need? Do you think it's changing? What what do you what do you think about it? Oh wow. I um even though I feel like this pandemic was, you know, definitely harsh, but I think it was also like a it was kind of like a a a gift in disguise, you know. I think the current com- climate of our nation overall has provided like a different outlook on men- on the mental health industry. It has, and in my opinion, I feel like it has compelled people to see more of the importance behind mental health and how what we experience on a daily basis can cause a, a shift within our mental health, whether it be you know a good thing or a bad thing. And I think with you know this experience alone. Um, with this experience alone, I have seen a lot of my friends, you know, be affected by it in a negative way, but I think they have been trying their best to, you know, just be positive about the situation. But for instance, and this with, you know, the current climate, I think, you know, politics and from politics to, you know, the injustices that are occurring, as well as people's health are drastically affecting individuals throughout our nations and communities on a different level. I wouldn't say it has, shifted my feelings towards the industry i i'm just glad that more individuals are taking the issues that you know are looked at in society as a problem and seeing how important it is and i think with this you know with um suicide prevention week just passing i think it it's this is great honestly i don't think it you know it decreased the industry i think it just brought more light to it and in showcasing how important it is for people to take mental health seriously and just kind of, you know, take it easy with, you know, with themselves and others and just being considerate is like everyone experiencing things differently. So like with this pandemic, I have some friends who like love it. Like, Hey, I finally get to take a break. And some was like, I, I can't be, you know, I feel stagnant. I feel like I'm not doing anything. So this is, it's like, I don't know what to do. So I think, this was, it was definitely important, but I mean, like I said, everything has, you know, you know, like, you know, it's ups and it's downs, but I think it helped the industry in so many ways. No, I, I agree with what you're saying. I don't, I don't know if it's COVID. I think, I think maybe COVID had a little bit to do with it, but I, I do agree. And I think it's awesome that people are taking uh, issues of mental health and mental health in general it's it's getting taken seriously and I, I think we were already on a good track and you know maybe COVID helped by by giving everyone some space and some time to 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 work on themselves but no I, I completely agree um, I'm gonna let Amelia jump in here and, and ask some questions um well one thing that I thought would be important to talk about in this episode is like along with COVID there um, is definitely a lot of other things going on in the world right now. Um, My mom is like a human resources. um, She's in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and she works in the human resources department. And she, whenever me and her talk about stuff that's going on in the world, she says that there are two pandemics going on, like the coronavirus and structural racism. Um, so I wanted to see what you guys thought about, um, so Merrimack offers like a lot of opportunities for equity and inclusion activities like clubs and community events like the Unity House, the Black Student Association, Merrimack Cultural and Diversity Alliance, um, 
I was wondering, do you guys think that there's anything additional at Merrimack that they could do to support social justice efforts? Um, I, I could jump in on that one. Do you mind, Six? Like, no, go ahead. Um, go ahead. You can go first. So, so when I was at Merrimack, um, I worked in the Women's and Gender Studies office, um, and I was part of GEM, the um, gender equality at Merrimack. Um, and I, you know, I got to work with a lot of great people and, you know, the Unity House and see like the work that they did and the different clubs involved. And I will say that I know that the school is taking on a better approach that they hired um, someone to specifically help with this now. And it, there's a strong push for it. But I, and I think that every, you know, all of us could probably attest to that. Like it was, it's really difficult getting, I think, awareness at Merrimack. You know, you would be lucky if you get five people at an event sometimes. So I think that it's great that, you know, we have all these clubs and I am, you know, that there is like an initiative, but I think that we, that Merrimack needs the actual support of like the administration you know it's it's not enough to just say you know we have these clubs and we have these resources you know come on down if you feel sad i think that you know to make it like a priority like this is important to us you know these clubs are important to us because you know for x y and z so i think it, it has to go beyond you know just saying that you know we have clubs and we have you know diversity and you know blah 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 because you have to, you have to actually you know, show that it's important, I think, and, and back up, you know, change and, you know, get things passed and talk about it openly and make Merrimack like a non apolitical campus and, you know, make it all these things that you talk about. So, you know, it is things being things being student led, you know, clubs being student led and student run is amazing because like power to the students and, you know, like that that is who Merrimack is. But I think it also needs, you know, you also want to see that the administration, the people at the top level also care about it and, you know, want to see change and aren't just, you know, using the club as um, talking points. So I think that that, I hope that that, you know, changes this year. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like actions speak louder than words. Um, Dania, what do you think about this? I think Megan hit it directly on the nail um, with firsthand being, you know, experiencing being the president of a student org at, um, on campus at Merrimack. I, I was the president of the Black Student Association. And it, like Megan said, it's amazing that you have, you know, student involvement. But when you see the initiative from, you know, the higher ups and, you know, administration and things like that, I just feel like you get a different outcome from you know other students who aren't aware of those orgs or those resources provided to them and i think it just it not only you know get like provides um better you know results it it provides a level of um comfortability in the sense where it allows students to feel comfortable to be open about things that they experience and they shouldn't have to hold back or talk amongst you know themselves or you know their friend groups or people that they feel comfortable around like if an incident was to occur at Merrimack a student should know right off the back where they need to go who they should talk to and you know feel openly and comfortable comfortable enough to you know express that to them and how they felt 
without them worrying like, okay, well, even if I say it to them, I know it's not going to get handled because I personally have experienced that with multiple and many of my friends that have literally been, you know, have experienced and experienced, you know, harsh situations that, you know, that were completely out of their control. And I'm pretty sure some of it, you know, the administration isn't aware of. However, when they are aware of, I think there's like a lack of effort and, you know, understanding. And I think just kind of like an overall, you know, acceptance of, you know, change to occur. So I definitely agree with Megan. I think it's great that the students, you know, are involved. It's great that, you know, the resources are there, but now it's time to take things up a notch and what are you going to do next? How can we help next? And how, like, in a sense, I think it should be a part of Merrimack's culture to like, you know, not wait for something to occur or not, you know, have a student bring it to them. I think they should, you know, kind of be more in tuned of and aware of what's going on, which I feel like they should be because everyone is, but be more, you know, open about it. And I think they, like I said, you'll get a better results from, you know, the student body. And, you know, you'll just see a different, I feel like a dynamic change, you know, throughout the campus amongst, you know, students who aren't in tune to, you know, the issues. and. And also, like, I feel like if Merrimack is, you know, opened enough and, you know, willing enough to, you know, carry out that change, it can also lead to other and many campuses who look up to Merrimack or look up to, you know, students, popular, prominent figures on campus and want to, you know, act out that change as well. And like, at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, not everybody's able, able, excuse me, able or capable of, you know, making a big change. But if you can start within your own community and, you know, change at least one person or two people or a handful, you're making a change. Because at the end of the day, if you change that hand, handful's opinion about the situation, nine times out of 10, it's going to get to the next person and then the next person and the next person. And it's almost like the dominant effect dominant I mean the domino effect or the snowball effect where it just continues to increase and grow but in a positive you know well-mannered way I really like how you um said that I totally agree I think that a proactive approach should be in every agenda and if that was the case I feel like there would be more comfort between like among students and unity in general um and I like that you, how you how you mentioned that Merrimack should be the change, like should start the snowball. Um, in the midst of all of that, what is something that you do to unplug and step away from everything that's going on in the world right now, um, Megan? That's been really um, difficult for me because, you know, at the height of the pandemic, I felt like I was on social media all the time. And then after the murder of George Floyd and the, um, the you know mass demonstrations that took place globally i i felt like i literally couldn't look away you know if i looked away i was going to miss something because mainstream news wasn't showing it so i was on my phone like constantly and like i i wanted to be informed and i wanted to stay you know in the loop but after a while like it, you know i think after months of like just seeing the brutality and like the the horror that has been coming out of it um it's been like difficult and it's been giving me like anxiety and 
Um, so, so now, you know, to not completely disconnect myself, I, I try and honestly just like take a little break from like going on apps. You know, if I like set a timer so that at a certain point, um, I literally have to unplug from my phone just so I can give my, my mind like a little bit of a break and I'll go for a walk. Like I'll leave my phone, um, at my house and I'll take my dog on a walk. Um, you know, just to get some fresh air and just to not have like my device, you know, in my hand. And that's been really helpful because I think, you know, the apps are great and, you know, social media is a good distraction, you know, sometimes, but it's also been causing me a little anxiety. So I literally unplug, which, you know, it's, it's hard to do at first because I feel like we are all kind of just you know, in some capacity, maybe addicted to our phones, but, uh, it, it's been, it's been good for me. It's been positive. And it, I have seen a difference in my, you know, in how I feel overall. So I'm, I'm just trying to work on that. Yeah. I feel like that's really good advice to actually unplug from your phone. I feel like there's so much now that you can do and can see, there's like so much information to try to absorb. It can be super overwhelming. Um, Dania, what do you think? Um, again, I would have to agree with Megan. Um, it's just the best thing, like she said, is just trying to, you know, and not force yourself, but give yourself that time to like step away. Like it's okay to, you know, not, you know, be in tuned with your phone because myself at the height of, you know, the pandemic and, you know, all the, excuse me, all the incidents that were taking place, I found myself, like, at times, like, my anxiety level being, you know, through the roof, and I was like, oh my god, I'm becoming overwhelmed with, you know, seeing everything, and just seeing how everything's, you know, carrying out throughout my community, amongst people that look like me, um, it was just, it was, you know, it was just a lot, but, um, my best way I try, the best way possible I try to is literally, at times I would turn off my phone. I would, you know, if I wasn't comfortable enough because, you know, we're so in tune with our phone, um, comfortable enough turning it off, I would put it on Do Not Disturb. Or one thing I did try to do, I think that worked best for me was to place my phone in the next room and then, you know, step away. And if I still needed to be, you know, connected with technology in a way I I brought my laptop or I brought my my iPad or I just stepped away to read a book or something like that things like along the line of that but um because I was constantly on every app possible to see like you know keep up and you know see and then my phone is like buzzing and things like that because I was just so heavily involved with everything but um yeah just sometimes not just for me personally, I think with everybody, sometimes stepping away from your phone and, you know, putting your phone on do not disturb, it's okay. It's nothing wrong with it. But for me personally, stepping away from my phone, you know, reading a book, um, as, you know, we were able to step outside a little more as the pandemic, you know, carried on. I went for runs and, you know, just try to go for a walk. And, you know, although I did have my phone on my hip, I still had it on Do Not Disturb and found ways to, you know, disconnect. That's great. Um, another thing that I was just thinking about, like bouncing back to Merrimack in general, um, during the pandemic, a lot of people have been finding out new things about themselves, finding out 
all sorts of new stuff. Um, are there any area specific areas in growth that Merrimack supported you in while you were students? Wow. I should have to think about this one. <laughs> um, I know it's a loaded question. Mer I, I feel like when I was at Merrimack, I came in like a whole different, I was one person, I left a different person. And I think that that is pretty true for everyone. You know, you literally grow into the person that you are in college. But I was so supported in the women's and gender studies department. Um, they they did so much for me. I wasn't initially a major. I was originally just a political science major. And then I took gender and society my freshman year. And that was uh, at the same time of the election. And I felt so confused. I, I really liked political science, but I felt like I lacked the social, um, like the social truth, you know, like there's politics, but then there's like the truth, there's activism. And then there, there's things that we don't learn about that, you know, that they don't want to talk about. But I felt like I was getting that from gender um, and society. So from day one, when I expressed, you know, how I was feeling to uh, Professor Liz Leahy, she's awesome. Uh, um, I've just been supported ever since. Deborah Michael, Simona Sharoni, um, Liz Leahy, so many professors in that department. And Brandon uh, Dior McKinley, she's amazing. And th they helped me through so many challenges. I had so many times of self-doubt and, you know, what am I doing? And, and is any of this going to make a difference? Is what I'm doing going to make a difference? And just to see, you know, these empowered figures like ahead of me and you know their words of wisdom and what they taught me like I learned so much from them and like I think about lessons almost every single day because it has truly like reshaped the way I view the world um and that was like my biggest support system from Merrimack and I'm like so grateful I talk to Deb like pretty often um I'm in contact with a lot of them because I didn't get to say bye to them you know because of the the pandemic so I, I want, really want to hug them and like give them like one big thank you because they just did so much for me and I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, I definitely feel like I, I'm not even done yet, obviously. Um, and I feel like I'm just a completely different person from when I came in. It's really crazy how in such a short amount of time all of that can happen. Um, Dania, what do you think? Um, I think, you know, like we stated, administration, you know, they stated that they provided resources for us, you know, well, they made it known that resources were provided for us, but I really have to give, you know, that hat off to, you know, the professors, because they have literally made changes last minute, have been so you know, compassionate, have been so eager to, you know, want to work with students and, you know, just be understanding because not only, you know, are the students going through something, they were going through something as well. But I, like I said, I just give the hat off to, you know, professors, like Meg said, um, Deb has played a great role and, you know, some of my other professors that I'm really in tune with. But yeah, they, the professors, I just give it to them. They have definitely, you know, you know, have made class, they have made adjustments so well, but they have made class something that, you know, I feel like I was always in tune with, you know, classes, but now it was something that like, it was just different. I just felt like, you know, we were still able to get work done, but in such a way, like, I felt like everything that I was, you know, carrying out 
we had to, we didn't have to, it was an, ob an obligation, but in a way we found a way to, you know, connect it to our situation or just connect it to ourselves like individually. So I think just hands down, I give it to the professors. That was all incredibly well said. And yeah, that is, that is honestly awesome. And I hate to make you guys dwell on it and make you think about it and talk about it because I don't know, there's, there's, there's nothing good to say about it. You know, it's, it's, it's sad. And, you know, Megan, you talked about wanting to hug all of them and like, I do. <laughs> what, we can't even hug right now. <laughs> I know. I totally get that. Um, but I don't know what, what else would you have done differently if you could have? If you knew things were going to end this way and that we were going down this way, what would you have done differently? I would have done, I think about this all the time because I, I constantly am overthinking, but I would have, you know, went to those events that um, OSI throws, you know, like the paint nights or, you know, whatever kind of you make your homemade craft or make a homemade plant and all those things that they used to do. I would have went to more of that. I would have got my, you know, my butt out of bed and I would have walked from the apartments to, um, you know, the NPR room or wherever on campus. I would have went to more. I would have, you know, maybe gone to an event that a professor was hosting or I don't know, just I would have put myself out there more maybe and do those things and maybe sign up for like those, those like more trips or, and I was supposed to go on um, that trip to DC that was supposed to be a networking trip for the seniors and like juniors and I think sophomores for, through the political science department. And then because of Corona, it got canceled. But I thought to myself, like, you know, why did I wait until my senior year to go on those? You know, I had all these years to, to be going. So if you are still on Mary Magnolia, like, you, Michael and Amelia, I would just do all the things, even if you don't want to do them, because it, that's, that's, that was Merrimack, you know, just hanging out with your friends, you know, maybe bonding more, just things that you won't like get back now. Um, you know, try with your homework, actually like maybe, you know, read some stuff, you know, don't just like skim it because then like it comes to a point where you're not learning anymore. And, you know, for me, at least I kind of miss it. So just do everything that you don't want to do because I think it'll be worth it. Dania, what about you? Um, I honestly have to agree. Um, I think I was like always heavily involved with, you know, just, you know, Merrimack as a whole, whether, you know, that was like the athletic side of things or, you know, within my community and things like that. But I, I can say that I did wait to do a lot of things because I wouldn't say that I had enough confidence that I would be able to, you know, do it again or have the opportunity to do it again but I would say like I would I would always say like oh maybe I do have time to you know I would have you know another opportunity or another you know moment where I'm gonna have more time to you know do this or do that but I'm like Meg, Meg said is like yeah, just don't wait till your senior year to do things. Like if you have the time and, you know, the availability to do it, just go for it. Although you may feel like you may not be fully up to it if it's gonna be a benefit to you, whether, you know, whether that's in the classroom or whether just, you know, personal development, do it. Why not? You you know, you can't 
it's nothing wrong with gaining, you know, more knowledge on different things, whether it's with yourself, whether it's self-care, you know, just getting to know who you are as a person, getting to know your roommate, your friends even, like, just try different things, because uh, there's a lot of things that, like, you know, Meg said, like, there's, like, bingo night that I didn't go to, or, like, paint night that I didn't go to, because I was like, okay, maybe I'll go to this, or, there's like a lot of things that we, I thought that we would be able to do our senior year, like for senior week and things like that. But there's, there was no senior week. So it's like 2020 definitely was an eye opener. It provided us 2020 vision with a lot of things. I really feel the bingo. <laughs> that was one thing I always wanted to do and I never <laughs> did it. And I don't know why right. I didn't do it. <laughs> No, and especially this year, they are overloading it with the bingo and the crafts night and the events. So that's really funny that you all bring that up because they are overdosing on those events now. So you, you kind of can't help but go to a craft night now since there's nothing else to do here. <laughs> that's nice, though. I hope you're going. <laughs> yeah, well, now now that you've brought it up, especially now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there every day. But, uh, but no, that was all really, really good advice and really, really good input. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank you guys for, for sharing your perspectives and, and just being so open and talking about all this with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, and, thank you, Michael. I really enjoyed this. No, absolutely. And I want to thank Amelia, who is now a part of our team and doing a great job with research and writing and even hosting. So thank you, Amelia. Yeah, thanks thank for having you. me. This is fun. All right, and thank you everyone for listening. Stay well and stay safe. Got an idea for an episode or want to join our team? Email us at livingoutloud at merrimack.edu. Executive producers are Deborah Michaels and Tiffany Begenstern. Producers for this episode are Michael Senoff and Amelia Alger. Audio engineering and editing by Michael Senoff. Living Out Loud is made possible with the generous support of a Provost Innovation Grant and assistance from the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning. <laughs>